from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Gratitude is a hot topic these days as more and more people recognize the power of gratitude to positively influence our lives physically, mentally, and emotionally. But today we're going to talk about having a gratitude practice from the perspective of faith. I'm going to show you the roots of this practice in the Bible, how Jews have understood it for millennium, and how as Christians these teachings are very relevant to you. They apply to your own life today. We'll explore a passage in the Bible where God instructs us to thank him and discover why this isn't as easy as it seems. And we'll learn why thanking God and having a grateful heart is more relevant now than ever before. Every week, Jews around the world read and study the same Torah portion known as the Parsha. This week's Parsha is called Ekev, and it covers Deuteronomy 7, 12 through eleven twenty-five. In this week's Parsha, Moses continues his closing address to the children of Israel. He promises them that if they follow God's commandments, they will prosper in the land that he is giving them. Moses also reassures the people that God will help them conquer the land and that the land is good. In chapter 8, he describes an abundant land where bread will not be scarce and the people will lack nothing. This is where the verses that we will focus on today pick up. They are from chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. I'm going to read them to you now. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decree that I am giving to you this day. In these verses, Moses directs the Israelites to thank God after they have eaten and are satisfied, and he cautions them not to forget God or his commandments. When I was growing up, I was always a bit self-conscious when I practiced Judaism in public. For example, when I made a blessing on my food before eating it, I would be worried that people might see me and think that I was a crazy person talking to myself, or even worse, to my sandwich. So I was very relieved when my father, Rabbi Chiel Eckstein, pointed out to me that many Christians also thanked God before eating, and that was considered a totally normal and celebrated practice. Today, I have many Christian friends that say grace before eating food, just like I do. And I know that in other faiths, it's a common practice as well, a beautiful one at that. As people of faith, thanking God for our food is a natural and beautiful thing to do. Just before we enjoy the pleasure of eating, it makes sense to stop and acknowledge that our food is a gift from God and to thank him for it. But for Jews, what's very interesting is that the main prayer, thanking God for our food, isn't said before we eat, although we thank God before we eat too. The main prayer is actually said afterwards. In Judaism, we say a lengthy grace after meals because of the verses that I just read to you. 
The Bible tells us, Ve'achalta, ve'savata, uve'rachta. And what that means is, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. Did you catch that? Not when you are about to eat, but when you have eaten and are satisfied. But why does the Bible tell us to thank God specifically after eating? Is it any different than thanking God before we dig into our food? The rabbis explain that there is actually a big difference in thanking God before we eat and thanking him after. The key word in the verse is satisfied. Before we eat, we are still hungry. It's natural to thank God when we still feel lacking and he fills our need. But once we are satisfied and our needs have been met, we are far less likely to acknowledge the source of our blessings and show appreciation for it. When we are satisfied, we quickly forget our hunger and the one who fed us. The nature of human beings is that when we are satisfied, instead of feeling grateful, we become forgetful. I want to tell you a story called When Money Falls from the Sky. I heard this concept explained through this story, which isn't a true story, but it's a true lesson nonetheless. In a certain town, there was a tall building that belonged to a wealthy man. Every Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon, the man stood on the roof of the building and threw down money. Every Tuesday at two, people gathered from all around and stared at the ground. As soon as the money dropped, they pounced on it. And after filling their pockets, they went about their week. But one day, when the people gathered and had their eyes fixed on the ground, eagerly waiting for that first coin to drop, instead of money falling from the sky, rocks and pebbles and then even boulders began to fall. Suddenly, the people stopped staring at the ground and began to look up. Who was on top of the building, they wanted to know, and why was it that that person was throwing rocks at them? When money fell from the sky... The people only cared about what came down from the building. When rocks were falling, suddenly they were interested in who was doing the throwing and why. This story really demonstrates how when we have everything we need, it's easy to forget the source of our blessings. We can become too involved with what we have to be concerned with instead of the one who gives us everything. But when our needs aren't met, or when we receive difficulties instead of blessings, that's when people want to know who is in charge. That's when we remember that there is someone up there and we want to know who he is. Everyone looks to God when life is difficult, but the real test is to remember God when life is good. This is why the Bible specified that we thank God, that we acknowledge him as the source of all of our blessings after we are satisfied, after we are satiated, after we have finished eating, because that's when we are most at risk of forgetting him. And now we can understand why the very next verse, which I read to you earlier, instructs us not to forget God. By thanking God when we are satisfied, we remember him and avoid the pitfall of forgetting the source of our food. 
Of course, the tendency to forget God when we are satisfied is not just relevant to food. It applies to all of our blessings in every area of life. Listen as I read verses 10 and 11 again and then verses 12 to 14 which follow. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving to you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. The Bible is telling us that if we aren't proactive in thanking God and acknowledging him when things are good, we will probably take his blessings for granted and ultimately forget about him. We all turn to God when we need something. Maybe you needed a job or maybe you were longing to find your soulmate or maybe you were praying to have a baby. Maybe you wanted someone you love to be healed, be healthy. Oh, how we pray and get close to God when we need him. But what happens when he gives us what we asked for? We might thank God when we first land that job, get engaged, or have that baby. Maybe when we see that healing, we remember that God is with us. But then months and years down the line, are we still grateful Or do we take those blessings for granted and slowly forget that they are gifts from God? I once came across this powerful question. What if you woke up tomorrow only with the things that you thanked God for today? Have you heard this quote? This hit me hard. How many things do I take for granted in my life? How many blessings do we forget to thank God for because we get to enjoy them every day? It seems like a given. When the coronavirus pandemic began, all of a sudden we realized how many blessings we really took for granted. All of us. The blessings of seeing our family and friends, of feeling safe, and like our health was pretty much guaranteed. Suddenly, all these things that we took for granted were not a given. At one point, even toilet paper was not a given. In Israel, when things got better and the masks came off, everyone was so grateful. But how long will it take until we take the things that we lost in 2020 for granted again? I really pray that we remember to thank God for the blessings that we didn't have in 2020 But it will take an effort on our part because as the Bible tells us, human nature is to take them for granted. I want to share a personal story with you about how I learned not to take my blessings for granted. My first three children, Mayora, Liam, and Sapir, came pretty easily to me and my husband. I got pregnant quickly and enjoyed healthy pregnancies. But my pregnancy with my fourth child, Shimmy, was quite different. Those nine months were the hardest months of my life. I was hospitalized twice with internal bleeding, and the doctors told me that they didn't know if the baby would make it. 
They found problem after problem after problem in the ultrasounds, and no one was able to tell us that the baby would be okay. When Shimmy was born and the doctors told us that he was perfectly healthy, we were overwhelmed with gratitude and joy. And I promised God that I would never forget his kindness and that I would always share our story. Every year on Shimmy's birthday, he just turned five last March, praise God, we make a big party of thanksgiving to God. It's our way to acknowledge God for his blessings and to never take our little Shimmy for granted. And every year on Shimmy's birthday, I remember what a blessing all of my children are and what a gift all of the people in my life are. Wow, my husband, who I've been with for 20 years and haven't stopped loving and appreciating him. I don't want to for one day look at him and think that this love is a given. I dare not take any of it for granted. In the Talmud, the rabbis made an extraordinary claim about the matriarch Leah when she gave birth to her fourth child, Judah. They said that Leah was the first human being to thank God. Obviously, this statement is puzzling. Surely Noah praised God after he was saved from the flood. Scripture tells us that Abraham's servant thanked God after finding the right match for Isaac. And the list goes on and on. But the rabbis explained that in all the other incidents, gratitude was expressed in response to something unusual, something miraculous in nature, something that was so obviously a gift directly from God in a time of need. But Leah was the first to thank God for something that happens all the time and that most people take for granted. In Genesis 29:35, we read that Leah gave birth to her fourth son, and named him Judah, which in Hebrew is pronounced Yehuda. She said, Hapa'am ode et Hashem. This time I will praise the Lord. The name Judah, Yehuda, comes from the Hebrew word Hoda'ah, which means to thank. And in modern Hebrew, when we want to say thank you, we actually say Toda from the word Hoda'ah. When Leah gave birth to Judah, she already had three children. She wasn't like Sarah who miraculously gave birth to Isaac at the age of 90. Leah was already blessed and satisfied, and it was precisely then that she thanked God. Leah recognized what I had to learn, that we can't take any of our blessings for granted. We need to thank God for every healthy pregnancy, every child, every person, and every single gift. One of the teachings that my father, Rabbi Chiel Eckstein, taught me is that the essence of being a Jew is to be thankful and grateful to God. The Jewish people became known as Jews because most Jews come from the tribe of Judah. And of course, Jesus, who came from Judah too, which makes Christians the spiritual heirs of Judah. As the heirs of Judah, we need to carry on the legacy of Judah's name and to thank God for everything and to recognize that it is all a gift. Now I want to point out that our lives don't have to be perfect in order for us to be grateful. Leah's life wasn't perfect at all when she had Judah. She still had to deal with the messy dynamics of her marriage to Jacob and his marriage to Rachel. But she was grateful for the things that were good in her life. 
And our scriptures today isn't directing us to thank God when our lives are perfect, but when we are generally satisfied, when we have a roof over our head and enough food to eat. If you are listening to this podcast, chances are that you have more than enough to be grateful for right now. In our day and age, we have eaten and we are satisfied. We have comfortable homes and more abundance than any generation before us. The times that the Bible was warning about when we might forget God because of all the affluence and conveniences that we enjoy is our times. It's our day. It's our lives. Now, more than ever, we need to give thanks to God and remember that all of our blessings Our science, our technology, our medicine, our abundance, they all come from him. Here's the thing. Why would God give us even more blessings if we don't appreciate the ones we already have? And why would God give us more blessings if the blessings we already have cause us to forget him? Scripture warns us that if our blessings lead us to forget God, we may lose our blessings. But the opposite is also true. If our blessings lead us to thank God and remember him, we will receive even more of them. I want to make one more important point about the importance of gratitude and how it affects our lives. Thanking God for the good that he has given us doesn't only bring about more blessings in our lives. It also takes the blessings that we already have and makes them even better. I'm going to explain with a story, a story called Ravzusha, Grateful and Cheerful. A few hundred years ago, somewhere in a cold part of Europe, there was a Jewish man who was going through a hard time in his life. He went to his rabbi to ask for some advice. He said to him, I know that a Jew is always supposed to be grateful to God, but how can I be grateful when I have so many troubles? The rabbi told the man to travel to his disciple, Rabbi Zusha of Annapoli that only he could answer his question. The man traveled to the home of Rabbi Zusha in hopes of finding an answer to his question. When he arrived, Zusha welcomed him warmly and invited him to make himself at home. The man decided to observe Zusha for a while before asking his question. He wanted to see if Zusha was really the right person to advise him. After spending a few days in Zusha's home, the man decided that he was the perfect person to give him advice. He couldn't think of anyone who had more difficulties in life than Rabbi Zusha did. The family was very poor. They had very little to eat. They suffered from all kinds of ailments. But Zusha was always happy, cheerful, and constantly expressed his gratitude to God for all his kindness. Finally, the man decided to ask Zusha what his secret was. He told Rabbi Zusha all about the troubles he was dealing with and wanted to know how he could be cheerful and grateful in spite of it all. He explained that his rabbi told him that Zusha was the only one who could answer him. Wow, Rabbi Zusha and his little rundown shack that had dripping water from the ceiling, barely any furniture, his children dressed in rags and hardly had any food, He listened sympathetically and acknowledged how hard it was for the man to thank God while going through such hard times. But then he said, there's just one thing I don't understand. Why did the rabbi send you to me? He should have sent you to someone who has real difficulties. I don't have difficulties. I can't even relate to what you're saying. That was really the answer 
to the man's question. When we are grateful, we no longer experience life as difficult, just like Rabbi Zusha. Rabbi Zusha was so immersed in gratitude that he was completely unaware of how hard his life was. He experienced life as abundant, blessed, and joyful. In the same way, the more we spend time in gratitude, the more we will feel abundant, blessed, and joyful in our own lives. This is the life-changing power of gratitude. It changes how we experience our lives. Ultimately, the quality of our gratitude determines the quality of our lives. And if gratitude determines the quality of our lives, it should certainly be a top priority in our lives. Proverbs 15.15 tells us that the cheerful heart has a continual feast. When we are constantly grateful, our hearts are always cheerful, and we experience life as wonderful all of the time. I don't know about you, but I'd certainly like to live my life like that. This week, take some time to really think about your blessings and give thanks to them. But even more importantly, consider how you might make giving gratitude to God a consistent practice in your life. How might you build it into your daily routine? Consider attaching your gratitude practice to things that you do every day, like eating, as the Bible suggested, or to praying, waking up, or going to sleep. If you want to learn more about gratitude and the Jewish practices that I include in my own life, I want you to listen to an earlier podcast called How to Be Grateful in Hard Times. There will be a link to it in the show notes. Now is the time to make gratitude a significant part of your walk with God. And if you make gratitude a top priority, I guarantee you, your life will become something extraordinary. Shavuot Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.